Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Did You Have To, the podcast where you talk about the live action adaptations of your favorite animations and anime more generally. I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And today we have a special episode because we're reviewing Giant Kaiju Babies. Yay! My favorite. King of the Monsters. That's what we're talking about today. My favorite. And Queen Mothra. Oh, Queen Mothra. (laughs) I we'll talk about it when we get in there, but they leaned yes. into it hard, and she was perfect, beautiful. Just I stand, I stand a majestic monster baby queen. The words "ride or die" have never been more real <laughs> than when Mothra was on listen, that screen. Listen, Mothra, the baddest, Mothra, the baddest bitch ever. No one can ever convince me otherwise. Mothra is that bitch. Yes. Uh, in the in the monster world, Mothra is Beyonce. Yep. So, and Beyonce is also Godzilla in the monster world. I just, I want y'all to know how much I love Beyonce as I drink my Beyonce mug. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have bad allergies and I sound terrible. So forgive me. Um, but yes, let's talk about, first off, should we tell the audience how much you and I love kaijus? We love them a lot. A lot. It is something therapeutic about watching giant monsters wreck shit up. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But it's therapeutic, and I'm hyped for it every time there's a giant monster movie. Yeah, giant monsters. I think I think there's just something about watching giant things fight that I really like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love mecha anime. So, like, I just want to see giant things fight mm-hmm. and do things. But there's something just super cool about kaiju. Because for the West, we don't really have... A kaiju mm-hmm. story we have i mean we have offshoots of what yeah. started in japan um so if you just for a little bit of background here godzilla is about 80 years old now yeah um yeah. the first film came out in 1954 titled gojira um oh excuse me um so yeah japan's gojira came out in 1954 that puts it at almost 80 years that kaiju have existed and and japan defines these things they Mm -hmm. created an entire world with uh mecha godzilla king Ghidorah, who we see in this film rodan Mm -hmm. mothra they have an entire pantheon of kaiju even Mm -hmm. even a little baby godzilla (laughs) which technically is like the scrappy do yeah but he's adorable so we let him rock a little bit Um, just a little just a little tiny bit but it don't matter um and also i guess one thing why a reason not just because kate and i love kaiju movies but also godzilla had at least two anime Mm-hmm. adaptations so there was the just the 1978 to 1979 godzilla series which i grew up watching yep. and then all and then there was also just the godzilla the series that from like the night from 1998 that came after the godzilla live action movie that like hollywood redid and with like the babies <laughs> to top that off you have netflix's original series i gotta get the name right yeah the name is like actually really close to the film yeah. we're talking about Oh yeah, good point. So actually, five. 
Yeah. Um, so Godzilla Planet Eater and Godzilla Planet of the Monsters mm-hmm. are all um, anime as well. And while the story is not the same, the mm-hmm. creature design in Godzilla Planet of the Monsters and the power set, because Godzilla mm-hmm. has different powers, different um strengths to his power um that is what we see in godzilla king of the monsters is very very similar to what we see in godzilla planet of the monsters so i think it's safe to say that i mean obviously they have the same character that they're connected and they fit on this show Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) it's not because we bend things to our will based off of our interest no we would never do that (laughs) never (laughs) We didn't create a podcast just to talk about things we like together. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, So anyways, that validates our reasoning for talking about it. Also because we can and this is our show. But but yeah, and again, like just the fact that this has been like a huge franchise over 80 years, that's amazing. And it's still like, in my opinion, it's it's like really good entertainment. Who doesn't want to go see giant monsters fighting? Uh, I can name a whole bunch of critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, screw them. They're idiots. But it's fine. (laughs) I guess go ahead and read the numbers. Yeah. So, sadly, um, Rotten Tomatoes critics have clocked this movie in at a 40% based on 257 reviews. But Mm. audience scores have it in 86%. Um, And I'm very proud to say that my review of Godzilla on Rotten Tomatoes is one of the few positive ones and that's because Mm. i think i think what happens with a lot of critics especially older critics Mm -hmm. like i mean old critics like like you can you get the senior citizen discount when you go to the movies (laughs) is they want oscar bait and if it's not oscar bait then it's not a good film whereas when you look at godzilla king the monsters within the kaiju genre Mm -hmm. and against the type of western kaiju movies that we've put out it blows all of them away Mm -hmm. it even blows out pacific grim which is one of my favorite movies by my favorite director of all time guillermo del toro Mm -hmm. um and so for me when it comes down to it the 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 west specifically the u.s has really paled in comparison when it comes to actually telling kaiju stories yeah and this is the first time, I guess second time, because uh, everybody says Kong Skull Island's really good, but I've never seen it. It's cool. It's fine. Okay. It's it's fine. I mean, it's I am partial to Godzilla, but Kong, like if you have a free afternoon and it's on TNT, which it most likely will be on TNT, go ahead <laughs> and watch it. You can see Loki is in it. Yeah, I think it's actually on Netflix. Oh, well, there you go. Go watch that. And you, I think, because uh, I was talking about this with Carolyn on, so here's what happened. I believe Denai Guerrera is going to be in the sequel. Oh, nice. So that give, if that gives you more of a, like, a reason to go watch it. But, you know, to your point, like, when I think of American kaiju movies, they truly do pale in comparison. It's like whatever, it's always linked back to Japan. We, we've, we haven't done anything original. I guess if you look at Rampage, that but that's based off of a video game but to me that doesn't like stack up against this yeah and i think that the other thing too so the only other ones that i could think of are cloverfield yeah but cloverfield you don't it's not it's not a kaiju movie it's a found footage movie and there just so happens to be a kaiju in it 
Yeah. Um, one of my favorite films that came out in 2016, Colossal. Yeah. Um, with Colossal. Hathaway. Yeah. That movie is phenomenal. It's That's really so good. great and good. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like humans are still the big focus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a human story. Yeah. Um, Pacific Rim, same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the only original kaiju or what would qu- classify as a kaiju, which uh, kaiju, if you don't know, I want to get the proper <coughs> name for this. Give me a second. Yeah. So kaiju is specifically a genre, a Japanese film that features giant monsters, usually attacking major cities and engaging with the military in battle. Mm -hmm. Um, The word itself is from Japanese folklore and it is first seen in the major period and it comes out of that. So like uh, in the West, if we just find an equivalent, which would be a giant thing, smashing things, there's the like thousand foot woman, mm-hmm. King Kong, um, some iterations of like the blob, but like the majority, like you said, mm-hmm. um, all of this comes after the advent of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's like this long stint in the 50s where they're like terrible. <laughs> like movies like kaiju movies yeah but ultimately like it's just it, it they don't they don't come close um and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that americans don't really understand the genre and they don't understand uh-huh. that the genre as much as it is about a larger human narrative so like a high level uh-huh. human, human narrative uh nuclear testing and all that Mentalism um, uh-huh. and all that. Um, the humans aren't necessarily the focus, and Japanese film directors have given kaiju their own personalities and identities. That throughout the uh-huh. eras that Godzilla has been through in his eighty years, he's had transitions from being mindless, uh, like force of nature, uh-huh. to a hero, to protector. Um, and then you have characters like Mothra, who is who have always been a protector. And mm-hmm. the problem with American movies is they don't have that identity. They don't yeah. have anything. Like, it's about the human first and the kaiju are just there. And that, for me, is mm-hmm. why everything has kind of failed up until this point. Um, and specifically the 2014 movie, which this film is a direct sequel of. Because um, mm-hmm. that was called Godzilla and there weren't no Godzilla in it. <laughs> yeah my big, that was one of my biggest pet peeves about that movie it's like I spent me and my sister had, took two nights to finish watching it and the problem with that is that it's because we fell asleep halfway through we're like when like we're halfway through this movie and Godzilla is still not here yet um so yeah more monsters more focus but like to your point I I appreciate that like and the like in the Godzilla franchise, we we know Godzilla to be like this anti-hero. Like, he, and he has this personality, like he's a protector, and it's because they give so much focus in character development through like multiple films and focus on the monster versus like how, the reason why I hate Cloverfield so much is like just show me the damn monster. I want to see what's doing all this instead of focusing on all the drama that's happening. And I hate found footage movies. I just want to go on. The, <laughs> I just want to say that I hate them so much. But that's besides my point. That's my own cross to bear. My point is, I think 
a big problem, like you mentioned, in a lot of like the American kaiju movies, I say kaiju with air quotes, is that they just don't focus enough on the monsters. So we just see the monsters as this threat, where it's like, I guess Rampage was a good one, but you needed the rock to have a connection with the ape in order for you to have sympathy for the ape. Yeah. Like, he, he, it's like they didn't just insert a giant ape and he was rampaging. It's like, oh, he raised this ape since he was a baby. And, and there's no lore. I mean, granted, that's like a sci-fi whole thing going on there. But my point is, just more monsters. Just more monsters. But I will be happy if the next one is just them fighting. Yeah. I don't need people. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're completely right. And I, I think for me, and it's really weird because in Godzilla King of the Monsters, in, the, in, in this movie... Um, there is a human story, right? You have you have family drama, mm-hmm. and you have eco terrorism, which, not gonna lie, kind of felt kind of felt them a little bit. Like, <laughs> hey, no, world, I'm sorry, the world. They were edging. I get that, but they were edging on Thanos when she was getting into that shit about like we're overpopulated, we have limited resources. I'm like, okay, man, you're getting into that Thanos territory. And my whole thing is, I'm all for helping the environment, but you can't control giant monsters. That's just you See, just can't. The thing was, was that had it just been one giant monster at a time, restoring what was supposed to happen and actually playing their role within the larger cycle of life that we had neglected because they went to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's different. But then their asses woke up the goddamn alien and yeah. everything died. So, which, why in the fuck? Would you wake up the monster that you've identified is the competitor, like Godzilla's direct yeah. com- well, competition? The other thing that I don't under- like, what I don't understand is so, like in the film, they have this uh, this device called the Orca, and mm-hmm. the Orca is essentially a way to communicate with the kaiju. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You have synced this to Godzilla because Godzilla is the alpha. And because you have that, you're able to control monsters. Why Mm -hmm. would you wake up the one monster that rivals that? Because then it makes your orca useless. Absolutely. And because nobody reads, nobody did the research. Nobody realized that that son of a bitch was an alien. Like, you could have, the woman figured it out within, like, two hours of doing extra, like, folklore research of, like, there's stories of this monster coming from the skies. So you mean to tell me you guys discovered this giant three-headed monster and nobody researched its origins ever? Yeah. Just ever? And I mean, like, don't get us wrong, we enjoy a good bloodbath and monster fight, so of course we wanted them to fight the biggest monster. And uh, Ghidorah. Still, actually, I was like, Ghidorah is my favorite, if I'm honest, of all the Japanese <laughs> I should have known. I love Ghidorah. I should have known your ass was a Ghidorah stand. I should have known it. He's a fucking Hydra, man. Like, I, I mean, no, I, don't get me wrong. Yes, the Greek, the Greek history buff in me was just like, he's a Hydra. But then it's kind of like, oh, because I forget that, like, in the classic movies, he definitely is an alien that comes from outer space. He's not a Hydra. But it's kind of cool when you're, like, looking at it, like, holy shit, it's a Hydra. But it, but it's super cool, right? So, like, this is one of the things that I really loved about this film. And it was, like, as even as much as the family drama was there, like, that to me didn't even matter because I yeah. felt that Michael Doherty in this script and his direction mm-hmm. made – um. Uh, Z Zhang's character and Ken Watanabe's character the main focus and for me mm-hmm. it was they were like 
the kaiju fans who kept saying like guys this is actually what kaiju are they yeah. have a story they have a myth and then you just have the stupid americans being like they're just monsters mm-hmm. and so like for me like i don't know if it was intended that way i want to feel like it is because i love oh, I michael it. doherty um i love all his other films trick-or-treat and krampus um mm. but it it was the myth and the lore was at the forefront of this film. Mm-hmm. And that to me did so much work. Um, and my favorite line is where um, Zhi Zhang's character says, um, let myth be the guide. And I'm like, mm-hmm. shit. And I don't know if it's because I got my master's in like stuff like this. But yeah. like ultimately the idea that at underneath our myths, underneath our lore, underneath our folklore lies Mm -hmm. a kernel of truth that gets to historical fact or Mm -hmm. gets to actual um real things like having that having that job is like a freaking dream job like she just sits there and researches these myths and lore and then connects it to kaiju and like that's so cool um i'd want that job as long as i'm not in imminent danger all the time but that's a fun bring on the imminent danger i (laughs) i want to be right next to that damn kaiju nisha I mean, I want to be next to O'Shea Jackson Jr., a.k.a. Ice Cube's son. Oh, he yeah. can protect me. <laughs> without, some, <laughs> without somebody the thirst after besides Ken Watanabe. <laughs> but no, sorry, getting back to the point. Oh, I um, like Ken Watanabe so I, much. I, yelp, yelp. That man just gets better with age. Every damn year. Mm. Every year. But damn um but no so I like definitely the point you made about like I like that there was someone who was like listen to the myths listen to the li- like listen to what we're saying and then I think the argument because to give you a little background the movie opens it's like five years after the attack where Godzilla fought another pair of kaiju and he saved the people and people are just so focused on like we need to find these monsters and destroy them and I'm just like laughing I'm like <laughs> bitch you think because <laughs> You, the fact that you think that you can destroy them when you were helpless against them the last time. So the company, like this organization, Monarch, is fighting like Tony Stark style to not be under government control to, to continue the research of monsters and understanding how people can coexist. And you know what? I'm with them. Because when you have a giant monster, you have giant monsters. If we found out tomorrow that monsters like Godzilla existed, what would we do, Kate? We have no choice but to coexist. Yeah, like you, it, it's adapt, overcome, and get it done. Like, yeah. if you don't learn how to live with these monsters, especially when your way of life is directly waking them up, mm-hmm. like, you're going to be at a loss. And yeah. I'm completely with you. I actually, so one of my favorite parts from the trailers, like, I lost my shit when he said in the movie, too was where he was just talking about, like, these can be protectors. And, like, you want to make Godzilla your pet? And Ken Watanabe's like, no, we would be his. I don't know why I gave him a... Hell yeah. Of, I don't know why I gave him an Inigo Montoya accent. But, like, like, <laughs> but, like, he was like, no, we'll be his. And I'm like, oh, shit. And, like, just... There's it's so true. much to love. Like, for me, Ken Watanabe's character of... um, What's his name? Dr. Shirazawa... Yep. is 
everything and this doesn't sound weird but like so uh, my husband's a biologist and so we actually hang out with a lot of conservation biologists and ecologists so like people who actually save endangered animals and shit Mm -hmm. um and research them and you know if you haven't found out by now this is a spoiler podcast um yep but when ken watanabe dies i wasn't mad because I thought to, like, all of my conservationist friends, and, like, if they were going to go out, like, that would be how they would want to go. Like, saving saving the creature that they have, have, like, this reverence and respect for. I mean, and in my heart, I was like, fuck, I want him in another movie. I don't want him to die. But at the same time, I thought it was beautiful character progression and giving Mm. him that moment with Godzilla and having him be the man who, like, makes any sort of life and fighting Ghidorah possible. Yeah. It was beautiful for me. And then I saw my my scientist friends in him because they would choose the same thing. Like, I... I, 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 I I was gonna say, like, that... Matt's old uh, conservation biologist teacher literally saved a species of birds and he put his life in danger to do it. Like, it it's this... Like, I know that it was a giant kaiju. It was a titan. But there was just something really human in that moment. Like that, and it, it was just emotional and I loved it. I mean, like, there's definitely... So when his death, I'm not gonna lie, like, on a surface level, for me, I was pissed. I'm like, here we go, motherfucking again, killing off a, a POC character. And I'm, maybe I was more sensitive because it had just happened after, like, an entire town in Mexico was wiped off. And I was kind of pissed off about that. Like, that's what it was. I'm like, I'm really mad. But <clears throat> I understand, one, it's a kaiju movie. People are going to die. But I did, like, with his death, there was respect to it. Like, he, like, he truly was dedicated and has a passion for like his like he has a dedication and passion for his work but also for these monsters like he like you said he respects Godzilla and like him being able to get up to him and touch him like you saw the emotion in his character like that whole thing him being able to say goodbye to Godzilla and also save him and then his death is also used to save pretty much all of humanity like yeah Kim character saves everyone is like who else on that who else on that ship would do that Oh, like, no one who else, else on there has the type of fortitude and reverence to this creature to give their life to a titan that before this point they all wanted to kill? Yeah, like you think he's gonna let a freaking uh, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose guy like get out <laughs> the sub and go do this? No, he's gonna no. do it, and he's gonna do it because he respects him and. It was it was funny because when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh yeah, people are gonna be pissed that Mexico is getting wrecked," and I was like, "People are gonna be pissed that Ken Watanabe died." But for yeah. me, like when you watch the show, like Mexico isn't the only place that gets wrecked. There's True. so many places that get lit up, and for me, like as as a Mexican American, having something like Rodan coming out of Mexico is phenomenal. Because mm-hmm. Aztec and Mayan myth and legend, like, mm-hmm. there are dragons. There are dragons and there yeah. are flaming swords. There are turtles. Like, there is so much 
legends built that for me having a kaiju come out and solidify those for me Mm -hmm. I didn't care that it would that it was a city in Mexico getting destroyed like I I but I also just know like we're all different people we all have different positionalities but for me as a Mexican woman watching that I was more Mm -hmm. like oh shit they're actually they chose Mexico because we have this really big folkloric Mm -hmm. myth at the basis of our uh you know of, of our era ancestry so of course rodan's gonna bust out of a damn volcano yeah. like i think it wasn't so much about the destruction that happened there that made me more mad it's just that like the woman the mom i can't remember her name what was her name um the she activated the orca um god dang it like she's the one who invented it oh emma dr emma russell so she's the one that invented the orca and then you find out there's a twist she actually is working with the eco-terrorists to release the kaijus because she's the one that is for releasing them to restore a natural order or like a balance to the world. Um, But the issue, like my issue with that part was just that like you could like, and again, I recognize plot and story and this is a kaiju movie and people are gonna die. So like I can like move, separate that from it was just that like you as a like you you know those what those people are going through down there you still like release that monster you could have given them like five more minutes to at least like let some of them survive so that's what I think that's what I was more irritated but if she by did that she wouldn't be a villain I know like, she's it made her more like irredeemable so that's well, yeah true. and that and that's why she dies <laughs> yeah no I didn't that's feel why no she dies again because you can't come back from that and the only way you Mm-mm. can do that is to close the circle with your own death yeah no like, i was cool I, with that i guess i'm also just frustrated too because i i, I don't have the energy to be mad at everything mm-hmm. and that's just me personally but like for me i saw it as a validation of the of the of the legends that exist in mm-hmm. a country that like my no, that's, a, that's a great from. point no that's and, a great point like, plus, it wouldn't have been cool if somebody just came out of the middle of desert in Montana. Yeah. Like, cinematically. Like, that wouldn't have been cool. Oh, yeah, no. Like, on the one level, I'm very much like, nah, that shit had to happen. Like, all, like it was going to be mass destruction regardless. So, like, in, in any kaiju movie, people are going to die. But mm-hmm. I think I was just more irritated by how it happened. But like you said, it solidifies her as being, like, I won't say cold-hearted villain, but she's definitely a villain. Yeah. Like, the moment she did that, her. I knew she was going to die. Oh, because yeah. As much as Tywin Lannister guy was, like, cold-hearted and ruthless stuff, he actually mm-hmm. wasn't calling all those shots. She was. Yeah. Like, she, he was like the MacGuffin. He was this guy who was there, and you think he's bad, but no, it's actually her who's doing all this. And even says, you came to us to do this. Yeah. Um, you see that she's actually running all the shots. I mean, like, yeah. she, nobody's keeping her there. Yeah. No, nobody's stopping her. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I don't want you to, and I don't want to make you feel bad or like make you feel not valid. Like, I think oh, no. there are definitely valid points to have. And I think it definitely, like, how do I, so like, I feel it on levels. So, like, on the level of being a kaiju fan, I get it. Like, Ken Watanabe's death and then also, like, the destruction in that Mexico City, I get it on that level as a fan. I think on another level, I think I'm more upset about it because, damn it, I wanted Ken Watanabe to be in more of these movies. But then also, I respect the fact that his death is used to say it wasn't a useless death. It wasn't wasn't done 
um without it wasn't done it without wasn't purpose. like shape of water lady getting stomped into the ice yeah <laughs> sally Ooh. hawkins that's her name it yeah. wasn't her just yeah a nice little picture on Ooh. the console that's right that did happen and that's kind of like that's where i felt like damn Damn, like at least Ken, at least Ken goes out like as a hero, but she literally died. She saves somebody and dies yeah. from being crushed. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can respect that his death means something and it's not, because I think it's a sacrificial death, but it's done because he loves that monster. He loves Godzilla and he respects him, but it's also yeah. done because like he realizes it has to be done in order to save the oh, world yeah. because otherwise yeah. Godzilla was going to have to rest for 10 years maybe until yep. he was strong enough to fight Ghidorah. And then on the other... Have you seen pictures of Ken Watanabe on the red carpet? That man loves his role. Oh yeah, no, he happy. He living (laughs) his best life. I'm just jealous. I'm just mad because I want like three more Godzilla movies and I want Ken Watanabe to just like leave the helm of them all. I get that. Yeah, I know. I I definitely get that. But But that's just me being selfish. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. My my one thing... Yeah, because... for me, it was just one of those things where I'm kind of like, I think this, I think this film also, because it's a kaiju movie and there's a lot of destruction, mm-hmm. um, it's also one of those things where we're getting to the point because we are getting more diverse films. Yeah. That like this main cast is extremely diverse. Very extremely diverse. Great job. So it's one of those things where I mean, like, you have a black woman leading the entire like unit of modern. I got two like, black people and we didn't die. Like and so like and and that's the thing like as we do start seeing this needle needle move and we do start seeing representation Mm -hmm. granted i would have liked a latino in there that wasn't running on the ground that because that doesn't exist um but i mean we already don't exist in movies and we're only three percent even though we're 18 percent of the population but whatever um yep yep uh but but as we get more diverse movies and People, but people die in movies like that. That's mm-hmm. always been a thing. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. That happens with destruction. I do think that we need to look closer at what's happening and say, okay, is this you? Is this person dying for a trope? Is that what it's being done for? Or are they just a character who happens to be a character of color dying? Like yeah. what? Like what is happening here? And I and I think that what this movie does is it it falls into that latter category. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it for tropiness. Which in a kaiju movie is like, damn, like they're actually doing it to have an impact. And I can tell you right now, I would not have felt any sort of emotion if anybody but Ken Watanabe had died. Mm. I feel that. It's just, it's one of those things like, I I worry because, but I also understand, right? Because it's like, we barely get any characters and when we get characters, they die. Like I totally get that or or their tropes. But as we move, like if an entire cast of a film is diverse like this, like that obviously wasn't the point that they were going for. Oh yeah, no. And that helps huge. And then like I just want to add, like I appreciate your comment about like like um what was the what was the bird? I can't remember the bird. Rodan. Rodan. Like the freaking firebird. I appreciate like hearing your like whole excitement about that because that adds a whole nother layer to it because like that that is leading like into like the folklore that you can connect to it and that you can be excited about and then it's, I think it's just like dope because I didn't think about it at all but I, like I appreciate you sharing that so yeah no I definitely you didn't make me feel bad any, at all for my comments with the sound I think I'm just more like in my feelings because like god damn it like I didn't like how it happened because it's her but then like when I like again 
it's levels for me. On a kaiju fan level, I know why it had to happen, and I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. On another level, I'm kind of just like, more representation. Yeah. No, no, I totally get it. Uh, the cool thing that I do like that it sets up is that, you know, Ji Zhang's going to be, her character is going to be leading this era, this now. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going to be in charge. Oh, I'm excited I'm for her. I'm super excited for her. I'm just um, like, yes, take over all of Monarch. Be the Nick Fury of the Kaiju. <laughs> I can't think of like a better I, Amanda Waller. Let's give her Amanda Waller <laughs> of the Kaiju world. Oh God, that's awesome. I, I'm a good, and I hope like all this cast, like all the surviving cast members, come back. Yeah, which actually a lot of the main cast did survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most because of like the soldiers. Uh, the guy who I don't even know his name. It was he was it was a Latin last name. That's all I know. Oh, um, Corporal Martinez. Yeah, yeah. He I got injured, yeah. but he's still alive. So, like, I I think that it's 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 really good there. And I mean, man, I I think like shifting too. Mm-hmm. How cool were these monster fight scenes? Yo, yo, when Ghidorah's <laughs> head got ripped off. And it grew back. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like this, this is the kind of effects I've wanted. And then, like, but like the other fights, like Godzilla. Like I appreciate Godzilla's character design on so many levels because he's a giant dinosaur sea monster, but he has like regular arms, so he's not like a T Rex who, has, who can't <laughs> fight. <laughs> For y'all who don't, can't see us, I like did the little T Rex arms thing. <laughs> but it's just like Godzilla is literally throwing blows and being able to fight and has opposable thumbs and can like knock Ghidorah out and then just like the biting and the ripping off heads. It just, It's so good. And and our girl Mothra though, like just stabbing Rodan in the chest. Long may she reign. Like she like, I'm cute, but I fight. (laughs) Yes, it was so good. And like, There was just so much that happened that was just, it, it was a beautiful film. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. film. And I think it was, it was a beautiful film for Kaiju fans. Cause like we yeah. got actual fighting. Also, I think there, there are two scenes in this movie that I, or three scenes in this movie that I think are my favorites. Let's hear it. Um, Mothra emerging from the waterfall. It's beautiful. Um, Ghidorah calling down the fucking lightning. Yes. Like, holy shit that thing being able to control the storms a hurricane a hurricane it can it can bring a hurricane yeah like Ghidorah is a beast and a huge threat because like he can fly damn it he can fly (laughs) oh god I also appreciated how like the three heads were arguing Oh, I love that. Like it gave it gave it like this nice it, one it made it like Cerberus and the Hydra. Yes. Even more so. And two, it just it gave it gave Ghidorah character. Mhm. Um, like the middle one is in charge, the right one listens, and the left one is just kind of like distracted. <laughs> yep. Oh god, um, I loved it. Which like and and I do really appreciate that they leaned into the alien aspect. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, this is a false god. He came yeah. from the stars. I'm like, oh shit, that's so cool. You did it. Yeah. That was, I mean, oh God, I love that so much just because like, thank you God for not grounding this shit. Yes, lean into it that it's just an alien. Like, and now you, you humans have to accept that there could be other Ghidorah. 
that there yep. can be other things out in space. So this just opens up the doors for all. Yes, oh, acknowledge yeah. acknowledging the fact that there isn't just Godzilla and that Godzilla isn't just a random nuclear experience experiment that went wrong. Because I feel like that's been the case in some iterations where mm-hmm. like, oh, it's because of nuclear t- testing that Godzilla is the way he is now. Where it's like, this one is truly leaning into the lore of Kaiju. Yeah, and you want to know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Um, that is an Americanized version of Godzilla. Oh, yeah, he's ex- an experiment? Yeah. That's In about right. the <laughs> Japanese version, it's actually from the bombing of Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, and uh, it has, it, and it's based around the, um, uh, it's bikini, uh, the bi- <laughs> bikini bottom, kind of. Like, there's this little area off the coast that um, nuclear drift essentially affected the water and uh-huh. fishermen ended up um, getting radiation burns and it was the first fatality of nuclear testing. Um, uh-huh. And so that's why he emerges from the water, but it also has to do with Japan's um, history of being subjected to nuclear ra- radiation and violence. And essentially Godzilla comes out because of that. And then in other iterations, uh-huh. It is because he's protecting Japan from that. Um, so yeah, there's even this. There's even a Godzilla movie where they go back to World War II. Godzilla time travels back to World War II. <laughs> it's I love weird. This. Um, but yeah, so like it, it's it's super cool. But yes, uh, yeah, I know. But I, I but I do completely agree. Like he had a lore and he had he had mm-hmm. an identity. He yeah. wasn't just oh, he's this thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, I interrupted you though because I went down a, a rabbit hole of standing for giant monsters. What was your other? As you did. Um, <laughs> my other one is the <clears throat> final uh, image when we know that Godzilla has beaten Ghidorah when he oh. has Ghidorah's head in his mouth and he yes. lets go of his atomic breath and disintegrates the head. Yes. Like it was so good. It's because it's the head fake of like, oh shit, Ghidorah's still alive. Because you don't see Godzilla. At first, you just see the head moving around and you realize, oh no, Godzilla is like eating and burning this thing simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was the best. Oh, Oh, God, there's so many. Okay, so Mothra, um, just like all scenes of Mothra, but specifically when we learn, like Mothra like comes in, sorry, Mothra comes in and basically, this is when they're like, uh, um, I guess, what's the world? They're establishing her lore as the queen of the monsters. And they're just like, oh, it's Mothra. Like, they're like talking about her and like, what does she mean? And then like, they acknowledge that her and Godzilla have like a symbiotic relationship, which I ship them. Don't don't get at me. It's just, it's adorable. Ship, I have some ship, fan art. Ship, ship. ship. I love that little wedding picture that you shared. Yes. It's so cute. And it's because this is Kaiju. She could lay eggs and he could fertilize them. And I don't care what they come out as. But the point is that they have a symbiotic relationship and they respect one another. And he protects her and he and she protects him. It's adorable. Relationship goals. But the point is, and she's small and dainty and he's huge and tall. So it's very on brand. That's for your me. brand. It's so on brand. <laughs> A tiny little monster queen. I expect queen. you to post. I am a mothra. A mothra looking for my Godzilla. <laughs> Damn it! My throat is already sore. Kate, I didn't need that, but I'll post that. I will. And I'll quote you. Kate says, 
<laughs> oh, I love that. But yeah, so that, and then furthermore, talking about her, when she flies in, she's, you see she's not just there to be pretty and dainty and like angelic, but that she's a fighter. Like how, the, the fight with Rodan. I did not see that stinger coming from anywhere. So like the fact that she took out Rodan, and she didn't take him out because he shows back up at the end. <clears throat> that was like, that was still pretty badass because it's, Moth is a moth and, and Rodan is a firebird. If anything, we all thought that Rodan was going to eat her, but Mothra came through. Sorry, last Mothra standing part. When she sacrifices herself to heal God, I'm assuming she healed him. That's what that was about. Yeah, so she sacrifices herself to heal Godzilla because she knows. And I just want to know, you created a device that can essentially communicate with the kaiju, or at least like on some level communicate with them. I want the next step to be do something where we can kind of like talk with the kaiju. I just, I just kind of want that where they can talk with Godzilla because he he's intelligent. I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a talking Godzilla. At least, I mean, at least the iterations I've seen. But I know that's going too that's far. It. I know it's. If no there's been a talking Godzilla, please add us. I need to know. Please, please do. I mean, I assume maybe the 1970s cartoon, possibly, but I just feel like these monsters are hella intelligent and sentient beings. They're not just wild animals. Um. So yeah, I'm done standing by Mothra. The other scenes, Godzilla coming in super juiced up off of Ken Watanabe's bomb. Dude, like he fucking ran in like a god, like he's <sighs> <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to fight you now. <laughs> He's just like, because yeah. this is round three. This is round three. Like, first and round. And he got his ass it. handed to him the other two times. The other two. And he kept coming back. The fact that Godzilla is the kind of fighter where he like, I'll back down. <laughs> he just keeps coming back. So, like, that was, like, really badass. <clears throat> and just, like, that whole fight, that like, the made, the climax of their fight, my favorite. Um, I guess besides that, I, there was one more. Um, I was, I think it was a people one. Nah, I'm tired of the people. I think I'm, <laughs> I thought I liked, it was probably one with Ice Cube's son in it. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but no, I, I think truthfully the scenes with the people, I enjoyed, um, I just want to say their actual names. Ken Watanabe's character um but also uh like we said the other characters what's her name dr chen them basically being kaiju nerds like them it's the fact that they're like the really like her them and also vivian the the other doctor that died the one who got smashed by ice but basically they understand they truly understand the importance of these animals Mm -hmm. not to the extent of trying to controlling them like emma was like she's yeah far she went too far whereas they're like we have to respect these animals and we have to understand and study them so we can coexist we have no choice but to become their pets and i'm like yeah yeah because you guys are thinking with common sense and i think that that was the beauty of this right like when you have um like one of my favorite scenes as well it's in the myth scene where dr chen is kind of unpacking it for uh clear eyes full heart can't lose man um (laughs) And that's all I know him for, and I'm not going to learn his name. I'm sorry. Um, I get him confused with the dad from A Million Little Things. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I could never remember which one is which, so never put, never put them in the movie together, please. 
um, I, I really liked that she unpacked Dragon Lore. Mm-hmm. Where she was, he was like, yeah, so we need to kill it. She was like, uh, in the West, but if you look over here, where we mm-hmm. also have our own dragon lore, mm-hmm. the East sees dragons as something that you coexist with, you learn from, yep. and all that stuff. And I was like, this is amazing, and this is exactly why kaiju movies have not worked in the West. Yeah, because we assign a threat to everything. Don't get me wrong. we. I feel like her telling him that like really edgy i'm hoping you really took that to heart because it probably took him three interactions with godzilla to finally realize we have to fight on his side like like it took you three it took you 48 hours sir to finally get the program but her saying that meant something because we us and i say we loosely but americans assign threats to things that they feel they can't control yeah. So I could only imagine if kaiju really existed and how that would play out in today's world with current politics going on, just because it ain't going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that, like, other cultures respect these, like, would respect the lore from their culture and apply it. Where it's like, yeah, if a dragon really existed, I'm going to respect the hell out of it. Yeah. And oh. I'm going to, I'm just going to be subservient. It's a dragon. I'll be his pet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I also think like one of the really cool things like to your point is um, like if you look at Kong right like mm-hmm. Americans respect Kong they respect the thing as they're trying to control it yeah. right because it has reverence and then the moment that they realize that they can't that's when it becomes the threat yeah like, the Kong like they take him they bring him back they think mm-hmm. they have it in control and Kong's like fuck you and Jurassic Park another great example Americans will try to make money off of the kaiju off of the dinosaurs that they brought back to life that they claim they can control but the second that oh what a surprise we can't control giant monsters that can kill us whoever would have thought but you're right because like they vilify Kong as the villain Sorry, that's a double, I used that word twice. But my point is, they vilify Kong once he's, and they, he's savage and he's uncontrollable once he's unchained. But I'm like, you took him, you came into his house, you try, and you took him back to your world, and he didn't want to be there in the first place. Kong was happy when he was left alone. He had his own little island. He was doing his own little things. Leave him alone. And that's, that's as simple as that. Like, leave these damn things alone and get out their way. And just watch the monster fight like the rest of us would. I mean, like I would. I'm going to get in a bunker and watch the fight. Yes. I'm yeah. going to be in the plane with everybody talking about, guys, look at my pictures that I drew of these kaiju. <laughs> Let me tell you about all the things that they could be. That's me. I'm just... I'm worried about you. Because if we ever do get to this place, I know you definitely will find yourself on a plane... And I'm going to be in a bunker and I'm just going to like, we're going to be doing a podcast and Kate's yep. going to be, I'm just I'm concerned. I need you, you to tell my- Sorry, Rodan just did a barrel roll through all of our entire- <laughs> Damn it, that was the other scene. Rodan company. Rodan like, doing a barrel shit. roll. Like, okay, again, another reason why I like this movie so much. The monsters are intelligent. Y'all cannot prove to me otherwise that these monsters are not smarter than humans. And the fact that they cannot communicate with us on our level just means that they are smarter than us. Yep. 
Oh yeah, and then and it's, so like the barrel roll is awesome, but actually my favorite Rodan scene is where he flaps his wings down and like crushes like four fucking planes in between them. Yeah, and then when the guy ejects himself into his mouth, I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah, like oh, oh no no no, you should have done a dive, man, you should have done a dive. Yeah, oh, there was just like like I like how the scale of power was shown in this movie like how yeah. like the hero dan coming out of a damn volcano like erupting and then just like with a few flaps of his wings he has leveled an entire city probably cities probably like cities he's flattened them but then also he's smart enough to like do a damn barrel roll to kill the things around him he doesn't have to kill them but he kills them because he like he he that, that bird is smart it's, and I, as someone who hates birds, I, I respect Rodan. <laughs> but isn't other shit like Ghidorah? That's a smart ass dragon alien thing. But I mean, I oh, I want to explore that lore. I want to be like, are there other Ghidorah? This like this movie can't end with them acknowledging that Ghidorah came from the skies. There has to be more. Oh, but man, okay, I've gushed enough. <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess let's move on to what was was there anything you didn't like? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like to be critical because I didn't give this movie a ten out of ten. I think I gave it like an eight. I, mm. an eight. I think I gave an eight when I reviewed it for the for the website on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the pacing is a little weird. Um, yeah. The sense of time is interesting. And the use of the wolves was kind of like I got that they were trying to establish oh. in the beginning, like Alpha and Pack and yeah. Titans are the That's pack. why this man is here. He studies yeah. animals. <laughs> That's like, it. it was interesting, but I don't think it was executed that well. But I think overall, I mean, and and the dialogue isn't bad, but I do think um I think that for like Millie Millie Bobby Brown's character and Tris Farmiga who is Farmiga who is the mother um their interactions just seem really wooden like they just seem really kind of they don't feel really connected now Clarice yeah. Farmer can't lose guy and Millie Bobby Brown like that actually felt genuine but like the mm -hmm. mom and the daughter who we see the most of I just it felt kind of empty um, yeah, but those are the only things that I had I had issues with. I think every, like I want to go see this movie in IMAX. Yeah, I saw it in extreme, like an like for out here in my small town. There's like an extreme theater option. That's so cool. let me tell you. Let me tell you about Godzilla's roar and extreme theater speakers, and it's extreme with a huge X. My ears, I jumped because I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> Because it's it's just very like you can feel it humming in your ears almost like how like intense it is in the speakers. But it was like it was a great way to see it. So if you see it in IMAX, I think you'll enjoy it even further. Um, but to the dislike things. So again, it's always my same thing when it comes to kaiju movies. Less people. Less people. I don't need the extra drama. I mean, I, I get it because it's a plot device to move the overall story ahead. But it's just because sometimes I just want to watch Giant Monsters fight. But I know no one's ever going to make that movie. And we have to have people be a subplot of it, but it is a much better from the first got from the from the pre not prequel from the previous movie 
because there's more Godzilla and there's more focus on the lore and more focus on the other monsters overall. So I appreciated it for all of that versus like super heavy focus on like one single character, which I think they did a really good job of like, bring, like a lot of people had lines. Like you said, it was a diverse cast. So it's like, it wasn't like in the first one where it was just like really Brian Cranston and his son and then Brian Cranston dies. And I was like, why are we focusing on Brian Cranston when he dies within the first 20 minutes? Uh, I still don't understand that. But besides the point, yeah, that was mine. Um, and then we already talked. I feel like, our, yeah, this whole podcast has been what we loved about this movie. <laughs> There's a lot to love about it. And all of the old people giving it ones on Rotten Tomatoes can kiss my brown ass. I just... I'm irritated by that. I'm really, really irritated because, like you said, a lot of people who are, like, certified critics, it irritates me when I'm like, everything is not going to be for you. That's fine. But as a critic, I feel like you owe it to go in with an unbiased mind and to not immediately shit on something because it's not an Oscar-worthy piece. Like, because it's not, it's not like, oh, it's not this year's La La Land. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's 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 not something that made you cry. Movies are meant to entertain you. <laughs> that is sometimes yeah. it. Like on a basic level, it's meant to entertain you. It's not always gonna. You might not always cry in a movie. I just yeah. Well, and I think too, like it's this other thing, right? Like as much as it goes to having like an open mind when you come into the theater, it's also understanding that if there is a genre of movie that you don't like. You probably not should not be the one reviewing that movie. Like yeah. there were reviews for John Wick with that was this was too violent and I uh, couldn't watch it because guns. And I'm just like, what do you think here? you were gonna get? What and mom with this what? one in the trailer? It's music sequenced to Godzilla and Ghidorah hitting each other. Like it's essentially like Ghidorah striking at Godzilla in the Godzilla King of Monsters trailer is the new Henry Cavell loads his arms. It is. Like, oh, I like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Good one. But no, and that's a great point because why, like, it's like those parents who run those, like, super, super, I'm not getting into politics here, but like the super right wing, and, they're, and then they just like, my children will not go see the Avengers because, I don't know, whatever reason it's not i don't know the people who like put strict restrictions on movies for their kids yeah be like they threw a punch and they're superheroes and superheroes shouldn't be violent because they're role models for children i'm like yes have you have you yeah have you ever seen an avenger movie before have you do you know what they do they avenge bitch the punches are gonna get thrown and other things my point is it's it's like you said if you already don't like something, I'm, and it's like, I think Lizzo, she's a musical artist for y'all who don't know, there was a comment she made, if you can't play an instrument, you shouldn't be a critic for music. That's not the same thing. You can be a critic for music and not know how to play an instrument or write a song, but you can still critique it. Not being a fan of a franchise and going in to write a, and critique it, you can't do because you're already going in with a bias of not liking it. And specifically not not being a fan, but, like, 
at like already not liking it. Yes, that's the most already not liking it because I do think that there is value to reviews when somebody hasn't seen any of it. And like like Matt, go like my husband going to go see Alita. He was like, I have no idea who the hell this is, but I'm gonna see this. And then he saw it and he was like, Oh yeah, I totally tell you Mm -hmm. to spend your money on it. Like that's a totally valid point. But I don't want to hear from you, Snyder Cut release the Snyder Ugh. Cut people how much you hate Avengers Endgame like I, I don't care <laughs> and you're I, already assigning and projecting these feelings because yeah, you are I, against this thing and you want it exactly. to fail like if you think all action movies are like if you don't like genre film and you just want to watch the art house and the Oscar bait which is fine Go just it. do that because that is what you like and let genre film be good yeah. Like, because I think that there's, and this isn't to say that film can't transcend genre, because you end up with things like Logan, which truly mm-hmm. do, or Get Out, yeah. or um, that that have pieces of it that pushes it past the genre that it's in. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when you don't have that, and you just have a pure genre of fun movie, it should be judged against its genre. It should be judged against itself, because it's not trying to win awards. Like, mm-hmm. It's trying to make fans happy. And I, and I do think that an element of film criticism is understanding what the movie was trying to do, understanding if it was executed, and judging mm-hmm. it against the state of the field. So if you don't know, if you don't compare, if you're comparing Godzilla to what's a fucking, I don't know, if you're comparing Godzilla to La La Land. Yeah. Like, come on. That's nice. It's apples to oranges. But if you want to compare Godzilla to Colossal or Pacific Rim or 2014 Godzilla, like, compare it against itself. Like, the like genre films owe that because are are owed that. And I think that when you open up your mind to actually look at things within genre and stop Mm -hmm. downing genre, you'll actually get to hear larger stories that are told really well. And it doesn't take because as what I really like about, and I'm just going to use Jordan Peele as an example, like Get Out transcends genre because it mm-hmm. still heavily uses elements of genres outside of horror, as well as telling a a, a really large commentary that made it a darling mm-hmm. with, with critics. But at the same time, this is just a solid horror film. Yeah. Like there's still really great, there's a really great story. There's really great critique in that, mm-hmm. but it didn't have to be more than a horror film. It is a solid homage and understanding of the genre that it should be uplifted for, because very few people can do that. Mm-hmm. But I agree. critics were just kind of like, eh. I just, yeah, I just can't stand critics who go into something already deciding they hate it to yeah. then critique it. Like, it, I'm not gonna go. I, I can't think of something I hate with a passion right now. I'm too tired because my allergies <laughs> have drained me. But it's like, it's like me, so prime example, Akira. It's not that I hate it. I just don't get the hype about it. Like I get, I respect it. I get that it's a huge part of anime fandom for a lot of people. Like it is like, some people consider it the genesis of anime for some of them. I personally just don't see the hype and I'm not that into it. Now, when the Akira live action happens because I think we got confirmation that Taika Waititi did agree to do it um that was like last month they confirmed it 
I'm going to see it and I'm going to critique it, but I'm not going to go into watching that movie with the fact that I'm not a huge fan of the original Akira. I'm going to go into watching that movie specifically unbiasedly and based on how much I enjoy it. And like also like the performance overall that I think that's that it's like, why would I go watch something I hate to then hate watch? Like, this is why hate watching is a thing and people have to stop. Oh Lord. Anyway. And even like, and even if you don't stop hate watching, just know that like, if you're going in there wanting to hate it, you're, you're, probably shouldn't be writing something about it yeah because you're not giving it a fair shake like you're not like and i and i i tell this to the writers a lot i'm like and i i um you can want to hate something before it comes out but when it comes out and you sit in that theater seat you have to critique it on its own merit and i did it for curse la llorona like i (laughs) i hate that movie Mm-hmm. Um, but when I wrote my review, I started out by saying, like, I hate it because it, it does this, this, and this with my career. Mm-hmm. And, but then I went into, like, but even outside of the culture piece, the cultural pieces, the movie relies on cheap jump scares. It, mm-hmm. La looks exactly like every other, you know, practical effects monster that we've seen in James Wan produced films. And, and I map out the movie for what it is and why that, that why it doesn't hold merit. And I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people don't do that. They just yell, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm sure if we had just like pulled one of the Rotten Tomato, like the low scoring ones, it's probably like, it's just too much focus on giant monsters fighting. I don't understand yeah. why. Like, and I felt like, and it's probably like, I felt like there should have been more attention on the people in that drama and it's blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's not the point of this movie. Yep, yep, yep. You hit the nail right on the fucking head. That is what <sighs> everybody's saying. I hate, I, I hate people so much. Anywho. Oh, God, before I lose my voice further. Um, did they have to? Yes! Roar! <laughs> <laughs> That's yes and Godzilla roar. I can't do... My voice is too gone to screech like Mothra, like I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was... It's playing in my head. I know, it's so cute. I want it as a ringtone. I do, too. It's a little adorable. She come and save her man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> god. oh god okay i do uh, think everybody should go see this and i think you should go see it on the biggest screen possible it's yes it's with the loudest speakers as long as you're comfortable with you know a, a random roar probably freaking you out if you weren't prepared for it um but yes go watch this movie have a good time it's fun i enjoyed it oh yeah and with that where can they find us kate you can find the podcast at dyht underscore pod on Twitter. And you can find all of our episodes wherever you're listening to us. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps us out. Uh, and you can find me at omemethrandier on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter also at la underscore n-e-y underscore s-h-a. And with that, will I, Amathra, ever find my Godzilla in this 2019 world? Um, will my voice come back by the next time we record? <coughs> Probably not. Um, damn, I need one. I need one more. <laughs> um, will critics ever stop reviewing movies that they already hate? Thank you, Kate. Yes. <laughs> Find out next time on another episode of Did You Have To. Bye.
Bye. <coughs>